All right, you guys, Think Bigger Podcast, Community Conversations. I'm here with my boy, Jason Mosley of Unlimited Exclusive. What's up, Jay? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm blessed. <laughs> I appreciate you being here. You know, uh, it's been a long time coming. We've mm-hmm. talked about this for quite some time. We are here in an undisclosed location in New Jersey. I'm out on the east, and I get to sit here with you in your neck of the woods. You know, you're part of the country, and we get to have a conversation with each other. So I appreciate you being a guest, man. I'm excited about it, man. I've been I've been listening to your stuff for so long, and yeah, dude, it's 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 dope to actually be a, a part of the process. You know? Yeah, you know what, you guys, guys so you know, there's a lot going on with Jason. Jason is um, a gentleman who I've had the opportunity to work with in a, in certain contexts, and then um, it evolved to more than that. You know, we um, we we got along as men and as. Uh, workers and people with a certain type of ethic and so on and so forth and it created a, a rapport that led to much more than just work related uh conversations and and, it, and it's gotten us to a point where we can be here together doing the podcast so you know jason and as you know community conversations is a conversation with a member of the community and we learn not just about them but we learn from them that's what it's about. It's about bringing people together. Everybody can understand and relate to what another man has gone through, what another woman has gone through. And so that's what this is all about, you know? Mm. So I met Jason uh, in the automotive world. Um, you would probably be much more sharp at specifics like the year. Uh, do you happen to remember that, actually? Oh, man. All these years kind of get blended together. They do. Together. They really do especially um especially with the events and whatnot like i had just realized that man we've been doing we've been doing these events for what maybe six seven years now at uh-huh. least on uh, at least on my end yes um but no i can't even, i can't even remember like the first the very very first event that we that that we linked up on sure I don't either. Yeah. But, you know, but, <laughs> but, you know, you guys, what it is is, you know, I, I was working with various car event series, and I actually don't remember if it was physically at an event or via some kind of online introduction, Instagram or whatever. But, you know, I saw your work and, you know, you had seen mine and it just kind of turned into us obviously being able to talk in person. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the work that I'm talking about is uh, Jason's company his brand unlimited exclusive you know tell people about that man i mean it's it's media but but in what branches like what all do you do and and how did you get into it unlimited when i initially started unlimited um it actually started out as jm exclusive okay okay um jm exclusive was my automotive branch yeah and uh i was at the time um, that was when I was in college, um, just getting out of high school, and I was really into like uh, modifying cars. Yes, and I was really big on the fabrication side of things. Yes, and I would cons- and I was early, early, early into YouTube. Yes, heavy. Yes. So um, when all those things kind of came together, I started JM Exclusive on YouTube, and that was just me sharing just the ins and outs of me building and my process and and just inviting people in into that um and then somewhere along the line um i started to kind of branch out i wanted to branch out i had this bigger vision of 
um, of expanding the not only uh, expanding the video side of things. Uh-huh. And at the time, I was I really wanted to branch it out into um, my community, the the people around me. Um, I had a bunch of friends. I had a bunch of friends that like were car real, friends. Um, no, they were actually just you know your everyday friends that I went to school, high school with. Yeah, and um, <clears throat> I was I really wanted a way to kind of like have one house of all of us, kind of just like sharing our talents and, and figuratively, like yeah, a co-op. Yeah, 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 okay, exactly. Yeah. So um, that's when I came up with Unlimited. Yeah, and um, and that was my that was my venture into trying to create um uh, an overall media company yes you know with all those pe- with all those people and 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 really be able to create something that um was not only just about visuals but just about more about people yes and the people involved with it because that was the biggest that was the biggest thing for me was just being able to highlight other people's talents okay other than just myself okay so so let's let's go back to the beginning mm-hmm. you said in the beginning it was jm exclusives mm-hmm. and that was the automotive brand so mm-hmm. you're out of high school mm-hmm. you're in the cars already right so before jm exclusives was a title was a name was anything how and where did you get into cars what got you as jason out in jersey mm-hmm. into cars um, it was really just my, it, it was honestly my natural, um, really just, I just had a thing for tweaking and, 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 and playing with things. I was the type okay. of kid that just always took apart his VCR. Sure. For those who knows what that is. <laughs> so your parents are probably hot. Yeah. Yeah. I man, I used to, t- I used to take apart my TVs. I used to take apart radio. I used to just always be into electronics. I used to always wanted to be one of those people that was an inventor. Sure. Um, so when I first got my car, it was, uh, I was 16. Yes. I got a 97 Toyota Celica ST. Okay. And I actually did not know this story. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was my baby. And I tore that thing up three times I don't. I can't Me- count. like electronically or mechanically, everything, 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 everything. Um, and I would. That was just. That was my lab rat. That yeah. was one of the things that like I would just go. I would find some new gizmo. And my thing is was that I was into car audio and I was into um, and I was into stereos and all that stuff like that. But then I was also into like I said, like I was also into like trying to invent and stuff so that's where like i kind of attracted to like the fabrication side of things and always coming up with like new ideas so that that was my thing and for the longest time i've never been to a car i I haven't been to a car show yeah i had no interest in being into a were you even seeing them online or not even looking at that not even okay not even i think my first car show was uh i think it was a um nopi yeah, no be nationals. Yeah, like what, ninety seven, ninety eight, or something. Man, I can't even remember. Or the, you I think maybe early two thousands. It was probably the early. It was probably early two thousands. Okay. Very early two thousands um, for no be um, because I didn't. I didn't go to one after. I didn't go to one after that, um, and that, that was when I kind of transitioned um, because the only other car show that I had known of at the time was the Philadelphia Auto Show. Yeah. And that was that's completely separate sure. from very different. The, very different. <laughs> very different. So um I was actually just and I was actually just building a rapport for myself within my own kind of bubble. Yeah. And it wasn't until 
one of my friends that I was actually doing a build for was like, hey, why don't you go to these car shows? Why don't you go to these? Because, you know, people were winning shows and, and, and going out with, you know, stuff that I've installed. Yes. And I never really, like, went to co-follow the cars afterwards. They After just, you, you did know, your job. Yeah, I just enjoy. I just heavily enjoyed working on people's cars and the, the okay. feedback. Okay, so let's touch on that. High school, you get in, you're into the electronics, mm -hmm. da dabbling. I want to know how this works, and the only way I know how to figure that out is to just take it apart. Yep. And then taking apart something is easy. Putting it back together so that it works the same is entirely different, <laughs> right? So you do all that. Where, where and how do you think that it came to you to decide to name it something and quote unquote make something of it? There's a lot of people that have ideas. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of people that have uh, the, the compunction to take stuff apart and put stuff together. But why? How did you title it and, and try to give it some kind of like line of passage to become something? So at the time, I wanted, when YouTube started out, um, and it was very right in the beginning of YouTube. Uh -huh. um, I was completely sold in on the idea of YouTube and and what it was what it was bringing to the table. Okay. And when I was doing my car installs and when I was doing my fabrication, I was like, yo, I want to like put videos out because I've always I've always recorded myself in high school. Yeah. I've always been that kid with the camcorder. So, okay. Okay. Like, I was already into video. I was already into video. So I just kind of transition that and I always like damn what am I going to call this and you know what was I going to call my channel what was I going to kind of give it a a, a a a body yeah and um that's when I came up with that's when I came up with Jame Exclusive which was my name you know and then yeah. um, Exclusive was just my brand of 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 building because I always tried to come up with new out of the box things yeah 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 so that that's the that's where JM exclusives came from. Mm -hmm. So you are installing, creating, and installing miscellaneous automotive modifications, mm -hmm. and those cars are going to various events that you never went to. Mm -hmm. Some of them were winning, and somebody was like, "Does it not occur to you to go and see what the whole thing is about?" Is that and and that's what yeah, it was. And so you were just like. True. Right? <laughs> yeah, it's okay. So is this where the tail light? Because okay, so one of the first things I remember is you were making tail lights. So for my car guys, you know, car shop glow mm -hmm. and all of these wild tail lights. One of the first things I saw you make was tail lights mm -hmm. that did those types of pulsating LEDs mm -hmm. and changing colors and stuff. And it was just like that was either about the same time or even before a lot of people even knew what car shop glow was. Mm -hmm. And then you have their tail lights which are in the four digits, and you were like. Oh, I just made somebody that for like 300 bucks. Yeah. And I was like, uh, how come more people don't know about that, right? <laughs> They're willing to spend, you know. And I mean, obviously now, mm -hmm. for the car people, it's going to make – car shop glow is a thing. You know, whether, yeah, you yeah, have, yeah. whether you have this or that, new or old, they're hitting every market. So you could have a, a, an 80-something – Japanese classic and they'll hit you with the wildest <laughs> taillights, right? Yeah. So you were doing that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so did that come after car audio? Mm -hmm. Like with audio came lighting because back in the day when you had audio, you also had like crazy mm -hmm. light. I mean, some people still do that, but was that what it was? It went from audio and that type of electrical, electronic work to the the lighting and pulsating and going to a beat. Is that what that was? I was when I when I was when I was uh, working on my Celica at the time. Um, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily just car audio. I was really 
Um, I usually used to, used to take a lot of my inspiration from big tech because that's one of the things that like I follow every day in news, in, in little newspapers yeah. and stuff like that. So at the time, like um, I was, uh, I had put in a, I had built my own, um, my own push button start. Yeah. Um, I, I I wired a whole a ton of relays together. And yeah. It was just really like it was really just some. So you, you know, didn't use an S two thousand. This was before the S two thousand. Oh, who's this? Yeah. Is so you didn't use that. Yeah, yeah. So you this didn't use like, that button. You just picked a button. Yeah. And made yeah, it to yeah. put, to be, to be an electrical start. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. This is way before any cars were really even doing that. Sure. Heavy. Um, you just thought it would be dope to have a button. Instead yeah, of turning yeah, the key. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um and, and that was that was kind of uh that was kind of my brand of, of of building. I was always just looking at like what's the newest tech and stuff like that and then how can I kind of put that into a car. Sure. Um so the taillights, um, they came at the time that I started doing the taillights, it was really I w- it was already kind of like done for me. Okay. You know, um, I, I had thought of, I had thought of the idea of you know possibly doing that, but then by the time I actually ended up putting it into practice and actually putting it into somebody's car, it was already kind of like picking up on its wave as far as like the trends. And stuff sure, like that, sure. You know, um, and so it, it wasn't something at the time that I was like, oh, let me just do this for my own car yes. or whatnot. Um, so I kind of waited until somebody was just interested enough to kind of... Okay, so you never tried to push that? Yeah, yeah, no. So when did it go from car audio and then, you know, electrical taillights mm-hmm. and push buttons and all? When did it go to, hey, I'm going to pick up this camera mm-hmm. and start doing photography and then videography? How did that happen? So... At the time, um, I had just got done. I had just got done one of. Um, I built this. Infi- I built this Infinity build that um, that took first place at um, at Tune Revolution. What um, year was this? That was two thousand thirteen. Okay. That was my first. That was my first like industry. Like, like heavy hitting. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So let's talk about that. that was the real show. Quick. That was the show that. That might have been when we met in person. Mm-hmm. But, but okay, so let's say, let's touch on that. When you say this build that you did, what did you do on that build exactly? So I, um, I fabricated the, the, I put in um, uh, a whole new focal, uh, focal audio okay. system. Okay. Um, we did, I did fiberglass, I did fiberglass uh, A pillars, mm-hmm. fiberglass kick panels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I did it. In t- I did a fiberglass um, center console, yes, a rear center console mm-hmm. in the car. Um, we also, um, and then I also did the full. I also did like a full trunk build, yeah, in the car. It was two. It was two. It was two focal subs, um, three amps, and uh, air ride. Oh, so you did everything, including the air ride. Um, I did not do the air ride, okay. but I just did the kind of the dressing around oh, the, the, air lay, ride, the yeah. it's layout the in the trunk. The whole layout of the trunk. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, that was version 1.0. Okay. And um, around, so we won Tune Revolution. Customer bought it back to me. He's like, "Yo, I want to do go. I want to go crazier." 
Okay. Take everything out. I'm going to get new stuff. Yeah. And we're going to go and just do whatever you do. So, so he gave you full creative freedom. So it gave me full creative freedom. And I had a ton of time to do it. Yeah. And that was when um, I started... And that's when I really started, like, getting into, like, more of the camera work and stuff like that. Okay. And once I started, once I finished that, once I finished that build, a lot, need to say, we ended up wrecking the car. Okay. Before the show. Okay. Now, hold on. I actually remember this now. Mm -hmm. I remember this. Like, right after it happened, mm -hmm. you, if I remember correctly, you just worked so long and so hard at it that you were sleep deprived. Is that correct? I worked so many hours into this car, so much. And the biggest thing, the, the thing for me was that after it happened, it just took so much out of me. Yes. That... I actually had to take a break from working on cars because I actually had some jobs lined up after that. And I told people, I was like, look, I, 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 I can't even really get into it right now. With yeah. That, you know, because I was really, I was. So you were taking yeah. it to the show the morning of, just to put it simply, not enough sleep, you're mm -hmm. exhausted, and you crashed. Mm -hmm. That's really the simple story, yep. right? How did the customer take it? Uh, not well. Of course. Okay. Well. Um, it was. It was. It was. And I and they actually they they probably took it better. They probably took it better than me. Okay, you were harder on yourself. Yeah, about yeah, it. yeah. Because you know, to to it, to them, I guess you know, it was it was more so, you know, just an extra toy because that was one of many okay vehicles that they had. Yeah. Um, but for me, you know, I, I sacrificed a lot of time, you know, a lot of social time. And you put your heart and soul into it. And I put a lot of heart into it, yeah. into building that and, and what I was going to hope that was going to come from that. And after that was done, it just, I had to, it kind of, it kind of shell-shocked me. And, yes. You know what I mean? It, it was, it was, it was a little traumatic for me. Took the wind out of your soul. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, the, okay, so we're all the way to 2013, right? Mm -hmm. But, I mean, when, you know, all of the tinkering and all of the stuff that you had self-taught to get to that point, mm -hmm. it wasn't just self-taught, right? You ended up also getting a formal education in mm -hmm. electrical engineering. Mm -hmm. right? I, was, I was still going to school. I was still going to There's school all of the this. time. Yeah. So you were working and in school, mm -hmm. hence the lack of sleep, yeah. right? Yeah. And, um, and you ended up... Get going to school for electrical engineering, mm -hmm. so it wasn't you allowed your natural inclination as a kid, and then you you formalized it, mm -hmm. right? So yep. you, you got educated in an academic fashion. So you combined that with the love, and that's kind of the foundation for how you got to where you are, right? Exactly. Okay, so the car, 2013, all that stuff happens, but but you're still so working on cars to this day. So, so <laughs> it didn't take that not much. as much not as much though fair enough not as much though so that's where that's where the ta that's actually where the taillights came into play uh -huh. because i um i made the the decision to kind of like not necessarily go into big heavy builds and stuff like that just because i just wasn't well 
equipped to, sure. to, to really um, make sense of the labor and all that. Sure, sure. Um, so I decided that, you know, if I was going to do any, you know, custom jobs and stuff like that, that it was going to be a little bit, um, a little bit smaller, a little bit. A little um, bit more exclusive. A little bit more exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you put that. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I'm here all day. So, okay. So, all right. So now, like we talked about mm-hmm. a little bit less on the cars, but at what point had still photography and videography made its way into your brain and your like soul so during that break okay see so something was yeah. brewing yes okay during that break that automotive customization yeah. uh-huh that was when um that was when i wanted to start making the chain though i started making the switch yeah at least to to focus more on that because i'm just not the per- type of person just kind of like just sit down and just be like oh i'm not really gonna do anything today sure you know? so um i started examining you know, i started examining jamie exclusive and then that's when i kind of started with the unlimited exclusive yeah and at the time um like i said i had a bunch of my friends that were you know into it and that they you know they oh yeah let's do this let's do this but then when it kind of came down to the the work side of it and the, the 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 grind that was involved with it we definitely underestimated that sure and um you know little by little it kind of like you know everybody kind of just straight away yes and then it left me to kind of carry everything and i ended up taking on that role yeah and that's how i started picking up the camera and started learning learning still photography yeah started um honing in on 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 learning the techniques of you know videography and stuff like that okay so when you got to this point where you wanted to learn and were learning techniques of Mm -hmm. photography and videography Mm -hmm. how were you educating yourself where and how were you getting the, the 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 tools um, mostly online. Yes. Um, I was going through YouTube. Yes. Learning YouTube and then just straight up going out and, and practicing what I learned. Just pushing a thousand buttons, right? Getting a thousand yep. pictures and figuring I had, out uh, composition, rule of thirds, how to get it crisp and clean, framing, all that, right? And at the time I was, you know, uh, when I was working, I was working with TE. Yeah. So I had a lot of, I had access to a lot of models. Yeah. I had access to a lot of, um, uh, a lot of that community. Yes. So I would always, you know, be. Active. So there was women in cars galore. Women cars, uh, other photographers. Yeah. I would. I was constantly. Yeah. I would constantly ask. I'm the guy. I would always ask questions, especially if I know that you know something more than me. I'm gonna ask a ton of questions, and I just kind of, I just kind of hit the ground running with that. Okay, so we're talking about you're a kid, high school, right? Mm-hmm. Dabbling, getting your hands dirty was never something you had a problem doing. Mm-hmm. Some people are, I think, I think, scared to really get into that underneath their first car or take apart their father's TV because you're <laughs> going to get your ass beat. All right, so there's all these different types of things. You ended up supplementing all that with an academic education, mm-hmm. right? But in this case, right, when it came to photography and videography, you didn't end up going to the academic route. Mm-hmm. You're self-taught, but you utilize the internet for all of its resources, yep. right? Absolutely. So YouTube, you're just looking up cats that were way early doing the whole review tutorial thing because mm-hmm. there are people who were yep. doing it yep. that early. It was, yeah, it was early. Yeah, and they were, and that was a teaching tool, yeah. right? So we have one example of how a physical 
breakdowns happen mm -hmm. because of lack of sleep. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you know me, and we talk about this, you and I and, and a bunch of other people, there is a work ethic mm -hmm. involved. With all the, you can have all the fucking passion in the world, right? You know, you are passionate about electronics. You were passionate about cars. And that passion was broken in half when that car accident happened, mm -hmm. right? If it, and if it was all just about the passion, that could have been the ending point. Mm -hmm. And that actually is the ending point for a lot of people from what I have observed, right? But for you, you had a work ethic, right? Mm -hmm. but, but there are people who are going to say there isn't enough time, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you answer people who say that like and they mean it i'm not i'm not talking about the late there's always going to be the lazy people i'm not talking about the lazy people i'm talking about the people who aren't lazy but they genuinely are like i don't understand how he was in high school and how he's working on cars having a part-time job and how he I, I don't get it like where or how does one make that work what what would you say to that so for me it i mean for me, it's it's really the prior is really where your priorities are. Okay. And at that time, um, those were my priorities, and that's you know. So when I would come home from work, when I as soon as I the second I would come home from work, yes, I wouldn't even eat. I would just go right to the garage, start working, and start working. Okay, now the one thing that we haven't even talked about yet is in the midst of having a job, mm -hmm. in the midst of everything else, which by the way, at some point, someone needs to go to sleep for two, three hours, right? <laughs> yeah. But in the midst of all that, you ended up having a son. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. We haven't even talked about that. Yeah. So for the people listening right now, and, and even understandably so, you're kind of thinking about how, okay, damn, that's crazy. My, you know, this dude was working a lot. How old is your son now? He's eight. Okay, so eight years, you're also a parent. And it just so happens that in present day, you are a single father. Mm -hmm. Your son lives with you, mm -hmm. which is a little bit more typically not the case, right? It tends to yeah. be a little bit more so the other direction. Yeah. The, the child or children live with the mother mm -hmm. for various reasons. And the father is either a deadbeat or gets the every other weekend kind of thing, mm -hmm. right? But no. So, so how? Even in now, from 2019 backward, right? Mm -hmm. How are you able to do all of those and still raise your son actively? Not with a, not with a tablet in his hand and he just lives life staring at a computer. No, 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 because you, you actively mm -hmm. raise your son. I see it on your social media. You guys are out, you're having him read books, you guys are riding bikes, you guys are playing basketball, you guys are in the park, you just letting the little man run through a field, mm -hmm. frolicking, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Kids are supposed to frolic, Went right? to Puerto Rico. They went to, took the little man to Puerto Rico. So that's what I'm talking about. We're talking about work. We're talking about being a father. We're talking about educating yourself. We're talking about physically working right so how how do you respond to someone who only has one or two or three of those circumstances in their life they don't even have all of them and they're genuinely feeling like they can't make it or they're overwhelmed right now and they don't even have one of those maybe the son maybe the education maybe the whatever what do you say to someone because i know that's what a lot of people are feeling what do you say to somebody who's like i, I don't know how to do it i would really i would really look into what really motivate a what really motivates them and then also kind of question you know where their mindset is because for me and i think a lot of people um 
well underestimate the difficulty that I have with with all the things that I do and all the things that I you know that I that I that I make happen um, is is as how much I I struggle with it when I go home and you know there's plenty of times where um, you know my I have to sacrifice time with my son. I have to sacrifice time with myself sometimes and then, you know, my social life. So all those things wrapped into one are extremely difficult. Um, but it's definitely for me what what really helped me like get past it and get through it and really try to figure it out. It was really just try to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do and, and, and being certain in, in, in following through with that and committing and having a commitment to you know what I'm trying to do and the things that I do, whether it be whether it be being a father or whether it be being a builder, whether it be being a photographer. Yeah, you know, um, I can't necessarily say I want to do something and then just kind of give it a, a half effort. That you just don't know how to do that. I, I I do not know how to do that, and you know, I get that it's diff. I get that it's difficult for for a lot of people to really wrap their head around but there's time and once i started like blocking once i started blocking those different times out and really kind of visualizing okay you know what um what i wanted to accomplish and where can i put this and how can i kind of schedule that's this in that's when i started like really kind of hitting the ground running and being able to like fit all these things thing all these things in. sure once you once you like i i use a um i use a i use a google calendar yeah and that calendar has a multitude of things that has uh, things that have to do with my son it has you know just my daily my daily life stuff yes um it has my car stuff it has the the photography stuff and yeah all that stuff like that on there and once i started being able to you know, block those out and actually visualize like, okay, I have X amount of hours a day. Yeah. Um, now sleep is important. Yes. <laughs> Very yes. important. Um, so once I start blocking out what's the priorities and stuff like that, that's when I kind of started realizing like, oh, you know what? I don't have to sit here and, and watch, you know, get caught up in, in the timelines you know, you start realizing how much time you start losing when you're in, when you're scrolling through timelines. Oh, you mean like Facebook? Yeah, 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 yeah. You start realizing how much time you're losing scrolling and 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 Man, doing. Dude, that's why I, I I closed my Facebook eight years yeah. ago. Yeah. Because I realized every time you open it or the app when mm -hmm. they came out with the app, you see like thirty four notifications and you got like seventeen mm -hmm. private messages. So even the amount of time you take to decide which one of those you don't even answer, you still have to look at it. Because mm -hmm. some of them you would want to or should answer. And the amount of time it started taking up, I was like, I can't do this, man. Yeah. And so same thing with is that what it was? You were yeah, just like, yo, it, I can't do this. It's it's a it's a focus thing too, because like if you're if I'm if I'm editing yes. if I'm editing, there's a real like I have to be really honed in and focused yes. on what I'm editing because it's just there's just a feel to it and there's just like a um, there's just a, a a workflow that I kind of try to stick to. But if my phone is going off or if I'm answering messages and stuff like that, you realize like an hour project ends up turning into two hours or three hours, and it's little micro insignificant things that you don't really think about. 
until you realize, damn, I didn't get anything done today. Well, and then, yeah. No, it's totally true, man. Time management, you know, yeah. staying focused, yeah. you know. But, um, uh, I mean, there's a lot of people who say, okay, well, I'm not even on social media that much, right? Um, I, I don't know. Like, how, how, did, how did you get over that when you found out? Okay, for example, right? When you found out you were going to be a dad. Mm-hmm. Right? Was that some kind of shell-shocking moment where you're like, I need to reassess my whole life? Or were you one of those people that was able to be like, okay, well, this is still what I'm going to do. I just now have a son to prioritize. Yep. Just like that. That's exactly what I did. Okay. I, and, and at the time, that was, I was kind of the... Um, I was kind of the planner to say in the relationship. Yeah. So you know, I always I is that kind of, a nice way of saying you were the more responsible one. I mean, I like spontaneous women. Okay. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> you know, okay. but um, that that was that was my that was my thing. You know, once we had once I had my kid, I was just immediate. Okay, we gotta come up with a plan. Yeah. All right. Here's what we're gonna do. Yeah. And it didn't, and it was, and one of the things I just, at the time, I didn't want to necessarily um, kind of change, completely change directions or, 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 or go off and do something completely separate or go work some job that I really didn't care about or anything yeah. like that. Yeah. So I was like, okay, how can I make what I'm doing work and still, you know, make this and still, you know, be a good father and do what I got to do? Okay. You know? Okay. So... Um, how did it end up becoming the point where you are the, now the parent who has the child? How did that happen? At the time, and that was that was a difficult that was a difficult stint for me because at the time, um, you know, unfortunately, you know, once um, I ended up, so our relationship didn't work out. Okay, um, and. Things kind of went south after that, and um, it was kind of like a, a battle as far as you know because at the time um, his mother was living with me. Okay. Um, she's from she was from she was from Newark. Okay. And I, I'm in Marlton, which is like if anybody knows if anybody knows Jersey, that's like the suburb of all suburbs. Um, so I moved her I moved her down with me, and. Once I moved her down and we broke up or whatnot, it was just a big thing as far as, you know, um, her wanting to, to, to have a lot or have my son or whatnot. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just, I, I, I put my foot down on that as far as, you know, just saying, like, look, I think it would be better if, you know, he stayed down here. Um, and at the time, I was just, the only thing that I was thinking of at the time was just, you know, you know he has really great school systems here and he just has a little bit more of a a, a stable setup yeah here and um that's that's that was the biggest thing that I was concerned with so you know we ended up having to kind of go to court yeah because we couldn't necessarily uh come to an agreement on those types yeah, of things yeah on those things and then um during the court during the whole court situation that's when um that's when uh you know things kind of got really left and and I I kind of went through the whole thing of, you know, them trying to, you know, defame me and stuff like that. Them being her and her lawyer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a diff- that was probably one of my most difficult difficult like periods of my life 
ever. And I rarely ever, like, I rarely ever, like, reflect and, and kind of talk about it, you know. Just even to myself, I kind of just kind of brush that experience under the rug. But that's what they do in family court. Is they just basically try to make you sound like the worst human being yeah, ever. Yeah, it was. It was so that you can be deemed unfit, so they get the child. Yeah, it was. It was. It was. It was. So all those episodes of Law and Order SVU—they are real. When they're in court. They, they be doing that real. to each yes, other. Huh? Is, this is very real, man. It's very real. And I, I, and I always have like this optimistic. I have this all this optimism about life, and and so when that whole thing was going on it was just a shock to me yeah like oh my god like how could these people do this sure how could these people be like this sure but um luckily the the judge kind of like you know saw through a lot of things okay um because it's very rare it is for the man the father to be awarded full custody right Mm -hmm. that's a very rare thing if they would have got their way um I don't know what my life would look like. You might not even be able to see him or supervised only or something. One of yeah, those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was, it was, it was to the point where like they only wanted to give me one weekend a month. Uh huh. And like every other major holiday or yeah, some rare yeah, amount, and you were like, no, split holiday. And all. I was like, nah, man. So was it? If you had to look back, was it? the judge having the the astute kind of perception to see through all that or was it that you had a good lawyer or how did it all work her, out for you her 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 lawyer was very unprepared okay and unprofessional okay so it was if anything if anything i lucked out by her lawyer because the lawyer what pissed off the judge a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I see. They were, they were, they were just bringing up. They were just bringing up a lot of things that they didn't have. Like it's almost like they were trying to get, um, they were trying to get benefits and alimonies and stuff like that. Like as if we were married, you know. Okay. Like, um, just a ton of different. Like there were so many different financial things that they were trying to go after. Yeah. And they didn't have any basis off of it because. At the, like I said, like I moved her in with me, and at the time, like I was, pay- I told the judge, I was like, I was paying for her school. I was still paying for her school at the time. Yeah. So if anything, she might low key owe me money, which <laughs> which is what happened. <laughs> which is so it backfired. Yeah. All that character attack backfired. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and, see. And I was, and I, and I was just, I was. I was super lucky. I was just I felt super lucky because, like you said, it's just it's just uncommon for that. Yeah, yeah. You know, but you know, like I was just super lucky just to get out of there, like, and just and and I still even this the the arrangement that we ended up um, agreeing on out of court was still the original arrangement that like I was trying to push before we went to court. Okay. You know what I mean? So that, all, it all ended up coming full circle right back to did we really have to go through all that? Yeah. I see. Yeah, I see. you know because I I'm not I'm not, you know, I wasn't trying to uh to to really like you know, get back at her or anything like that. And, okay. Um because you know, we broke up. We, we broke up because of infidelity and, you know. Understood. You know, Understood. And, but I never really, I never really, you know, use my son, you know, in that manner against her. Like yeah. That. So I was just like, look, you just go your way. I go my way. And, you know. We'll just and pick. are you guys civil? Yeah, now we are. In, okay, now so present are. day you it guys took, are civil. It took a long, it took, it. it's like 
we never in after after the whole situation um you know like i was i was really tore up i was really tore up i had a lot of demons that i had to deal with yeah. after that after that whole situation but like i want to say it took me about 3 years to kind of like really like come around and kind of like okay look let me be a little bit more sober because i wasn't like necessarily like um I wasn't necessarily being outwardly angry or anything like that, but like it was brewing inside. When look, we still had the we still had the you know on and off weekends or whatnot. Okay. Anytime that anytime I would drop my son off or whatnot, or or she would come to come pick yeah. him up, it was just like a quick exchange. Like here, take him. Here I'm not go, really boom, trying to boom. look at you. Yeah, I'm not, really I'm not trying, trying to, to look to at you. you. I'm not trying to deal with you. I see. Or anything like that, and it was like that for three years, and that actually affected me a little bit more. Yeah, and and what of course at the time you didn't really necessarily factor in what, but like little kids are smart. Yeah. So they sense all yeah, of it, right? Yeah. And it affects them. Yeah. So it was around. It was around um, when he was going to kindergarten or starting kindergarten. Yeah. Where I really had to like reflect on myself and really like you know sit down with her and say. So I you know I called her and I said look like let's let's talk or whatnot. Yeah. Because um, she was always, even after that whole situation, like she was always on the defense after that. Okay. I was just really like, like I made it obvious that I was pissed off sure. and I was mad. And, but, um, so she was always apologetic or whatnot afterwards, yeah. after the fact. But like, it wasn't until like, like I said, like until he started kindergarten where I was like, okay, I gotta let, I gotta let this demon go. Yeah. You know, yeah. kind of. Because it's starting to like affect me as a person, yes, and yes. who I am and stuff. Um, so I met up with her and we sat down. We had a conversation. You guys had an adult conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we had a conversation. You know, she said her piece. I said mine, and you know, I, and the biggest thing I told her I was like, "Look, like I'm still healing from that situation, but yeah. I'm gonna try to make a more active effort to." be better towards you yeah you know because i just don't want him to like you know as like i said as he's getting he's getting older and stuff like that he's going to be start picking up on things and stuff like that and that's not something that i want him to really like, yeah pick up on or or me still dealing with at the time yeah you know? so you've, you've you've been able to go through all of these things that we've just talked about and you've got a process you mm -hmm. have a, a structure to it and you have this balance of your time and your efforts and, and obviously your son, right? Mm -hmm. So we go through all of this stuff, the accident that really messed you up, right? The car build and, and then, you know, having a son, fighting for your son. And we go through all of these things and we get here to more present day, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, your company... Right, first it was jam exclusives, mm -hmm. but then it became unlimited exclusive. And then your catchphrase, if that's even the right way to call it, what you say is your slogan mm -hmm. is "Be Unlimited." Yeah. So I want to talk about that, man. Okay. <laughs> I want to talk about where "Be Unlimited" comes from, because mm -hmm. "unlimited" is a good word. <laughs> you know me; I'm a, I'm a fan of words yeah. and meanings and, and context. Be unlimited. Mm -hmm. Speak on that. So, at the birth of it, like I said, when I when I had all my friends in the room with me, and it was probably about six of us, um, I always believed in other people. Okay. And I always saw potential in other people. 
that they may not have even seen for them. Do you mean uh, generally, philosophically, or specifically? Like you see, you are looking at a person, you are friends with a specific person, and you see potential. Or do you mean just in general? Specifically. Okay, specific people. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I always saw potential in them. Yes. That they may not even solve for themselves. Okay. And I said, look, I want this to be an outlet for you yes. to be able to, you know, I mean, bring out that potential in you. Yes. Because that was something that, that I always loved and always saw joy in and being able to see people, you know, like aspire and, 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 and go after their their passions or, you know, who they really are, things of that nature. So um, that's kind of what the what really drove me to, to start on Be Unlimited. Yes. Or at least to, to Be Unlimited because I believe that we all have this potential in us for for greatness, whatever that may be to each and you know, okay. it may be it may be just to be a great father. Yeah. It may be to, you know what I mean, be the, the best photographer in the world. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, we all have I firmly believe that we all have that potential and with the things that I want to do, I want to be able to, to bring that out in people. And that's just always just been who I am. Yeah. So I've kind of built that company around, you know, just who I am. And So you uh, still have the automotive branch. Yep. You still, and, then, and then you have the photography and videography. Mm -hmm. So you do everything from audio editing, video editing, mm -hmm. um, video production, mm -hmm. coloring, grading, mm -hmm. music overlaying. Okay, when, how, where does someone learn how to do one of those things, much less all of them? <laughs> um, you just got to make the time, man. You just got to, that's, it's, cra it's crazy that I'm like reflecting on it now and just really like looking at the overall picture of like all the different things that I've, you know, that I've, that I've learned over the years and really like damn, I really fit all that into into this little amount of time or this. Oh, your existence yeah. on this planet, yeah, yeah. And man, like, look, like we talked about, right? So in the beginning, you had the cars, right? So and then and you end up being linked up with a with a car show series like Tuner Evolution. So then practicing your photography on cars and then having women that were willing to sit for you coming up with ideas of like, you know, outfits and all that stuff. So that realm, which is going to be relatable to a lot of mm -hmm. people listening, right? Because every uh, I'm not trying to be uh, harsh right now, but every every woman's like Instagram model now, right? Yeah. Like the average female yeah. posts photos that are very model esque, and you're like, but, but you're not, you're not okay. So I'm just okay. So anyway, there you go. Okay. So cars and people. Yeah. It, it, of course, it's pretty cool if they happen to be attractive females, mm -hmm. right? But people, right? Mm -hmm. Of any type. I mean, obviously, you sh your son playing, capturing moments as a dad. So there's all these realms mm -hmm. of photography, right? Which is such a a limitless, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, uh, like art. Right. And then you get to this, you know, I shoot. Mm -hmm. The one thing I don't do is I don't do videography. Mm -hmm. Right. And it's not to say that I don't think I can, but I have not put any amount of time into it. I know how to shoot. I know how to compose a photo. Um, I'm, I'm very uh, I'm very heavy into not post processing, mm -hmm. which in this day and age doesn't really work because you kind of need a signature tone. 
a signature feel, you know? I mean, you can shoot raw, you can have a great depth of field, but people's eyes, because of social media and being bombarded with these overly edited, sometimes wonderfully done, mm -hmm. but edited nonetheless, when you look at a raw photo, it's almost boring to many people mm -hmm. now, right? People like seeing a twinkle, right? You had a moon, right? You had, you add tone, you take yeah, a lot of warmth, so you make a lot things, of blues, yeah. a lot of sepias, you know? Like nothing can just be shot. Yeah. There's a very large and a, and a growing volume of people that like to have a signature feel. Like even the color grading in a video, it can't just be shot in high res or 4K. That doesn't, it's, it's boring. Mm -hmm. It's gotta have effects and transitions, you know? Like when I saw automotive video, when they had, when dubstep was the thing. Uh -huh. Remember car show videos when dubstep was the music? Mm -hmm. Yo, that dude, dubstep makes you wanna like, like punch people in the face and climb walls, man. And they da, 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 and they would transition. You're just like, yo, I'm about to have an epileptic seizure right now. It's interesting. It's interesting that everybody, you know, you're right. You know, like uh, that's that's a lot of what people are looking for, or at least are attracted to. Yes. But like, like you said, like there is still, it's still not reality of like what's relevant. Yes. You know. So do you see a, uh, are people circling back to appreciating more real, raw type of stuff? I think people appreciate real, raw stuff already. Already. You know, and, and, and that's what really, if you really look at, you know, you know, yeah, there's, there's stuff that's, you know, that's entertaining or whatnot. But a lot of, like, content that is motivating and that is, um, that is, that is positive or just something that connects with other people like people 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 resonate with that stuff and it's not it's not yeah it's not because of a filter it's not because of you know an emoji that they you know that they saw or a meme that they saw you know what I mean? like you're actually connecting with something that's real and you know once you get past the the thought of that you need a filter or that you need this or you need that or whatever case may be when you get down to it what really resonates with you and what you you know decide that you want to share is something that connects with you personally yes you know and so that's where you feel like the the well of inspiration yeah. come from it has to come from within we yeah. talked about that yeah you can go looking around everywhere but in the end if it is inside of you if you're not looking inside of you you're gonna run out yeah and that's and that's something that i uh, that i'm I'm passionate about bringing out in people. Mm -hmm. is, is, well, I is see that in your work, in well, right? Yeah. So, if, so whether it be still photography or your videos, speaking on videos, like, like, so, so when you have done so, some of these professional gigs that you've gotten, right, for music, right, for example, are you also the creative director? Yep. Okay. So, do you have an artist or a model or someone come up to you and say, "I've seen your stuff." Kind of like, you know, when you develop a reputation as a tattooist, yeah, you know? Yeah. There's tattooists that specialize, black and white, portrait, Japanese, whatever, right? Absolutely. So a person that wants that type of thing, they mm -hmm. find or hear of a specialist. Mm -hmm. They go to them and say, this is the idea mm -hmm. of what I want, and then the rest is up to them. That's how it is in the tattooing world. Mm -hmm. Is it like that with you? So, yeah, and with me, I, um, I really try to look and ask them, you know, what's your, what's your, what's your dream vision? Yeah. You know, what do you what do you really, really want to do? You know, because everybody has a dream vision, whether it's realistic or not. You sure. Know? 
and I, kinda, I like the ones that aren't realistic. Uh, yeah, I love the, who the I hell love told you what's realistic or not. I love right? it. I almost listen to it as like a as a people watcher. You know, I kind of just I want to really I I hope and pray that I get something that's really off the wall and interesting and yeah, you know, those are the ones that I kind of like gravitate to. Um, or that I get excited. Those are the projects that I kind of get excited for, mm-hmm. you know, because it's 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 you know I'm creating something that's completely just authentic to you. Okay, so you are the one pushing the button. Mm-hmm. You're the one holding the camera, mm-hmm. the gimbal, the tripod, the audio, the recording. You are the creative director and the producer. How did it come to the point where? Because there are many people who are extraordinarily good at creative direction absolutely there are people who are extraordinarily good at production Mm -hmm. direction and then they have gimbals and hands and and gaffers you know like in the movie industry Mm -hmm. there's people who do one thing yeah and they're good at it yeah and you put those people who are good at one thing together and you make an amazing team Mm -hmm. right that's what a movie studio is right yes okay but you it's effectively just you yeah okay how? Why? Why do you do that instead of looking for someone who's good at one thing and then adding them to a team under maybe the unlimited exclusive title or umbrella, right? Why do you do it the way you do it? I'm actually, um, I started to, I started to kind of branch out and kind of look for those different pieces, yes. but then I, I learned a lot about myself and my level of leadership that that's something that i need to learn and work on you mean how to delegate how yeah, to run how yeah, to run yeah, it yeah. i see because i i i had a period where i said okay let me start breaking up some of these hats that i was wearing and then um and then i quick quickly learned that it wasn't just a snap my fingers and you know here's your paycheck have a nice day and everything works out perfectly in my favor and i and i'm gonna presume that you learned that the hard way i learned it the very hard way (laughs) as we all do yeah you know but um i was i was i'm already i'm already mentally receptive to the process and learning different things and being wrong i'm okay with that yes um so now it's really like learning how it's i really focus on learning how to lead better yes Um, yes so that it's a powerful tool man yeah it's a powerful tool. Um, and that, that relies on, on me going back to just focusing on me and focusing on making sure that, you know, I have my system correct before I can necessarily pass my system on to somebody else. So while you work on being a, a, what you believe is a better leader mm-hmm. and a better delegator and a guide and a mm-hmm. boss, mm-hmm. right? In the meantime... You just do it all yourself, and yep. you have to answer to yourself, yep. right? So having to sit, okay. So let's 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 talk about photography, mm-hmm. right? In this day and age, you have kids, whether they did it themselves, and I think there's a lot of embarrassment if you end up coming from maybe a well-to-do family mm-hmm. or parents that are willing to support you, and you're like, well, I just so happen to be into instead of playing a sport, which they need to buy you a single basketball or shoes or something. They're like, well, I happen to be into, and it's like, and I need this camera and this prime lens, and I need, the, and it just so happens to be. This is thousands of dollars. And some parents are like, you better take it seriously, but sure. Okay, so you have kids that are walking around these car shows, 15, 16-year-old kids with 
super dope bodies yes. and super dope lenses. You got some people way walking better, around way better material than, than I have. than what you currently have as a yes. grown man, right? Yes. You see, I mean, I'm with you at these yeah. events. I see kids walking around with some amazing gimbal setups, right? I had this. I saw this. I remember. I, I'll never forget. I uh, I had ran into this kid and. I was looking at his rig, yeah, and I counted at least six grand. Sure, just off Easy. that one set of visible just off to his, you. Yeah, just off that. And I said, hey, I was like, hey man, what do you do? Blah blah blah. And he's, oh, I just work for a sneaker store, uh, and um, he was, uh, he was a uh, sixteen. Yeah. Sixteen six thousand dollars setup. He works for a sneaker store, so he's not making that much money, yeah, right? Yeah. But so. I believe, you know, as much as the first thing that we as maybe older dudes want to do is be like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with you? But no, 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 right? Like, as long as he's putting in the practice, now he just gets to practice with doper toys mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. doper tools. But the one thing they have to do is practice, right? Mm -hmm, like, yeah. if you had to come up with a number, yeah. if you just had to, I'm telling you right now, Jason, I want you to give me a number. Okay. How many thousands of exposures do you think it would take a person to get to a point where they are comfortable with their shooting? Not video, images. How, do you have a number in your head? I would, man, it'd have to be, it'd have to be five, it'd have to be at least five digits. Five digits? Yeah. So minimum 10,000 exposures, yeah. right? And that's 10,000, not random push the button, but like have a, an idea of what you're trying to accomplish, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if a kid's listening right now and wants to be a photographer, they already have a dope rig, they already have whatever, or they don't, right? So right there, 10,000 shots, right? 10,000 shots of what, Jason? 10,000 shots of what I would say is different, different techniques. Okay. Um, it's, not necessarily, it's not necessarily like what they shoot, it's just how they shoot. Okay. Um, what if they want to be a car blogger? What if, if they, they just want to take pictures of cars? If they want to, if they want to be a car blogger, then shoot to tell a story or shoot with a purpose. And in those, in those, in those shots, every shot you should be able to back up with a story or tell of why you chose that shot. Yeah. Not um, just to get mods that are visible on the car. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. what if they want to shoot models? What if they want to shoot women? They see the Instagram pages with these dudes that are, have all kind of fine women that are half naked or fully naked. This is a real thing. Yeah, you know yeah, it's yeah, a real yeah. thing. And, and again, there are kids who are looking at us. Car guys, just, what do you say? Go and, and shoot. I was out there and if you're going to involve people, yes. go shoot. Get those people. Get comfortable with actually giving direction. Yes. That's a big thing. Um, Get comfortable with giving direction. Get comfortable with being professional. Yes. Because if you're going to shoot girls, um, you know, there's a lot of weird guys out there. There's yeah. a lot of um, inappropriate, you know, there's a lot of, you know, red tape all over that. Yeah. Um, and then also understand lighting. Yeah. And practice lighting. All these things, like, don't even have anything to do with the camera. Yeah. It's the framing, the composition of it, right? Yeah. So do you think that, that the, the up-and-comer should go take a couple of classes at the local JC? Do you think they should go do that? Or do you think they're, now that's not even really necessarily important? Rule of thirds, framing composition, you can just teach it to yourself via studying online. What do you think? 
I think there's a I think there's a structure there's there's a structure to learning in 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 a classroom. Yes, and that's something that I definitely uh, appreciate now. Yes. as an older per as, as I'm older and looking reflecting now because the way I learned was a little bit sporadic and I was kind of again it was kind of like okay once I hit a wall yeah now I'm gonna learn about this and how to try to get around this wall versus really having a curriculum that kind of walks you through a process of you know of all these different of all these different techniques yeah that's a little bit faster and a little bit more efficient yeah um then so the, you the you, do, I, you do think that 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 should definitely be something they look yeah. into is taking at least a couple of yeah of courses to yeah. break that ice and give them the basics yeah and and what it also will do is it'll give them knowledge about what they're you they're the tool that they're using yeah you know because uh it's not just it's not just oh i'm gonna point shoot and 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 live on auto you no know? but see th- can you bring up a good point right because people are you got younger people or any people who are taking i mean these are technologically dramatically advanced bodies mm-hmm. and they basically have them on auto yeah. it's auto iso auto focus and whatever lens they put on it it's gonna create a dope photo as far as depth of field and resolution but where's the art in it yeah. Right. Yeah, and all those things that I mentioned before, like I said, the art has had little to do with the camera, and you know all about what you know, all, all of the environment, what you're shooting, how, you, what you choose, you know, the angle that you choose to shoot. Yeah. You know why you chose that angle. Some angles are you know particularly better for certain cars or yeah. certain models. Yeah. Or, you know what I mean? It, depending on what you're. Well, I've seen the one that women like. You got to have that eighty percent downward angle. Absolutely not. <laughs> I don't know why they even do. Why that. do they do the downward? Because they say it's slimming. That's the answer I've always gotten. They do the selfie downward because it's slimming. Less chin, more boob, less waist, bigger just, head. I. <laughs> that's. I'm gonna let you girls know. Uh, that's it, it, it's making the head look big. <laughs> yes. Looking like a Tyra Banks for yes, it. Absolutely. I'm not falling for it. <laughs> so, okay, angles, lighting, framing, mm. composition. Those right? are all part of the art that you kind of necessarily have to respect if you want to necessarily, um, if you want to necessarily grow in 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 that field. Mm-hmm. Not? If it's just a hobby, you do whatever you want to do. I see. But when. I hear, you know, people that want to be professionals, but they don't want to necessarily put in the time to necessarily learn what the professionals know. Yeah. There's a big difference between, you know, the professionals work and 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 one question that always that burns my soul okay. every time, every forum I see it, I see it on my timeline. Okay. They'll see a, an amazing photo done by a professional or amazing video done by the professional. And what are the first thing they ask? What lens did you use? What lens did you use? What camera did you use? (laughs) I knew it. I I don't want to curse. (laughs) That's what it makes me feel like. Feel free. (laughs) What lens did you use? What camera? What body? What the hell does it matter? What the hell do you know? Yeah. You know? Like like I said, and uh, that's... Dude, I've done shots on my iPhone. Mm Mm-hmm. Using a particular app, right, that that mimics depth of field, okay? Yeah. And I have had people message me and say, yo, what lens did you yeah. use? Oh, my God. And I'm like, I just used an iPhone 8. 
That is the is the worst question of 2020 right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's the new question for 2020. Yeah. And we're not even in 2020. And it's going to be the question, what lens did you use? Yeah, me, me and my friend were just talking about that. It's, it's probably the biggest insult that you could do. It, it's, one of the, it's the one of the biggest insults that you can do to a photographer, especially one that puts in a lot of effort into their work or whatnot. And that... It yo, never like gets a, spoken. It yo, never gets like spoken. A, it's on. like a woman eating quinoa and kale for like a month straight and doing a thousand sit-ups, and someone coming up there and be like, "Hey, who's your surgeon?" Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> just, That's exactly how. Just it feels. taking away all of the skill and the effort and, and the focus, yes. and just like, so who who made that look like that? People for will you? switch photographers just for the cameras. Oh, this person doesn't have a good camera. Yeah, but what about the work? Nothing. The end product. It has nothing to do about the camera. It could be communication. Yeah. It could be a communication issue where they didn't understand necessarily exactly what you wanted or how you wanted it. And if it, that communication issue was squared away, that they could probably create a better product or yeah. create a better end product. It's crazy to me. Like, so what do you say about the whole Canon versus Nikon versus Sony? What do you say about all that? What do you say? Because there are going to be people who are like Canon for life. Nikon, Sony, mirrorless. What? What do you say? To me. You, to you, sure. It doesn't, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. I, every, 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 every camera body, every camera body has their, their its, its own pros and cons yes. against the others. Yes. Um, like Sony, for example. I think uh, Sony's done an amazing job with... Um, catering to, to to video, yes, and all the different features that it has on that camera. So I mean, there's there's technology. You mean like the mirrorless joints, yeah, like the A seven three and A seven There's so many. When you talk about tech, there's so many different specs and differences. But each difference doesn't work for every. Each difference doesn't work for everybody. Do you, know? you know what it's like to me? To me, it's kind of like uh, Photoshop, mm -hmm. right? Uh, you could get the newest version every time it comes out, right? Mm -hmm. But Photoshop has thousands of drop-down menus and options and mm -hmm. configurations. Like, you could be in there and be a... I know photographers who make a living as a photographer. And they're like, I've probably never used more than 40%. 35 to 40% of what Photoshop can do. It is capable mm -hmm. of the craziest things. That is absolutely true. And you don't really... in. in or your particular field will ever need them, but you have people who are always trying to get like the newest iPhone, the newest whatever, and you're like, what about mastering what you have? Yeah. Right? Yeah. What about mastering what you have? Because if you could take an old Canon, you know, 5D or whatever, you can go up against anyone with a 6D. Absolutely. But if they just know how to auto everything, mm -hmm. right? And you are over here like manipulating settings to, to achieve. That's why old film photographers are like, yo, digital's amazing, but, you know, film, you had to get it right. Yeah, you, you had to get it you didn't, right. You only had one try. <laughs> you know, and and you're going to find out you didn't get it right <laughs> later. later. When you go in, you're dipping. <laughs> yeah, you're dipping. you got a whole process. Just you hold it up out. and you wait till it dries and you open your eyes. You're like, God damn, now you got to try to go capture that moment again and you might never be able to mm -hmm. do so. So the old school... That's one the whole millennial thing. I think they're like, here we go with the old heads. But there's a yeah, reason for it that. It forced a mastery of the skills, especially like old. And one thing like I, I give high respects to is like the old school photographers 
old um even like um even like war photographers mm-hmm. and stuff like that you know what i mean yes man like they're out the, there like you want to go catch, getting, yeah. they're out there getting shot at yes right yes. To, to capture moments yes. of pain and smiling and all that like so so just kind of like with journalism yeah. you know like as a photojournalist or as a journalist like an investigative journalist you got journalists that are flying into like we're talking about war zones mm-hmm. and they're over there wearing garb and sitting next to people and and to see and capture these things to share with the world mm-hmm. And and they can they there are journalists who died they've been captured yeah. they've been killed because they're trying to capture these moments and people are over here just like yo let me just screenshot that and I'll add a building in the background <laughs> or a you know can yeah. I right click and save that off of the Google's and, and I'm just like yo these someone had to capture that yeah you're you have these photos these base photos that they have now created someone captured that. You know, na- dude, nature photography. Like, yeah, the people yeah, who are out there, they're not moving for like three days yeah. to get one shot of a bull, a, a bison, a squirrel. Catching insects. Yeah, man. And I'm like, yo, these people are in the cut. Yeah. Just like on some ninja shit. Yeah. To get one good photo of this rare animal, it's endangered species. And they're, then they'll go put it together like Nat Geo photographers. Wild mm. man, that G- but that's what I'm saying. So you have this for the people in the car world or, or being around women and models and stuff. It's one thing, but I mean the the, the spectrum mm-hmm. of the of the reach of the art is incredible, right? And and people are 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 using point one percent of yeah. it. you know. Yeah, and it it kills me. I wish um, you know, I, I wish guys that could really grasp that and and and. And be more enthusiastic about really mastering yeah. those different techniques because yeah. there's so many there's so many kids that I get the, the the benefit of talking to and you know are eager to be you know automotive photographers yeah, yeah. or have their um, have their shots in magazines yeah. and stuff like that and they're really again like you said they're just missing out on the the larger spectrum yeah. Um, and, and really having hobby habits for yeah. something that you want to be a professional for. Okay, so so whether it be photography, mm-hmm. videography, car building, modification, whatever, right? What are some of the things that you could turn to somebody of any age who just so happens to end up being in a, in a conversation with you? I mean, that's what community conversations is all about. You know, like I said, like the whole point of the community conversation subset mm-hmm. of the Think Bigger podcast is to have a conversation with a member of the community. The community, it's this broad term yeah. on purpose because we're all members of the community, right? To have a conversation with a member of the community to learn not just about them, like your story, your son, yeah. high school, not, that's all about you. But then people here are listening, man, and they're learning from you. The, the passion, the work ethic, the, the how to prioritize and how to be a good parent. And that's what it's all about, right? It's mm-hmm. to bring us together so that people can listen to this. Stop, rewind, forward, come back to it a day later, a month later, and just listen to your words, you mm-hmm. know? If you had a, a person of any age, of any ethnic background, any demographic, and they just asked you, you know, like, like I'm lost. I don't really know what to do. What do you say, Jason? I would have to say, you know, really spend some time with yourself, you know, um, 
kind of spend some time meditating. Yeah. Really trying to figure out and, and, and really look at the things that make you light up, that that you get excited about mm-hmm. just naturally, you know, not because of, you know, some type of incentive or, you know, because of some type of reward, but like what really makes you happy, what really, you know, that you really enjoy doing. Um, and it is it, again. It doesn't even have to be a perf- it doesn't even have to be a profession, or you know some some big time career thing. Just you know what what really puts a smile on your face and gets you excited about things and and start there. You know, um, when you say meditate, mm-hmm. spend some time with yourself. Um, you don't mean. Um, oh no! Like on some Buddhist <laughs> meditation, right? That's the first thing I think that this this image that people get in their head. Yeah. But you're talking, you know, what's one of the things I always talk about is is self awareness. Mm-hmm. You have to be aware of who you are. And the only way you're gonna, the only way you learn who someone else is, you spend time with them. But what about yourself? Nobody's developing this relationship with themselves. Mm-hmm. People don't know who they are. They don't know where they stand. And what you just said right there is so crucial. You have to spend time, turn the TV, turn the phone off, turn the radio off. You need to be inside of your own head, have a conversation with yourself, learn yourself, mm-hmm. right? People aren't doing that. But because one of the things we talked about is, man, there's, there's, there's a, a one thing that it's kind of a hard thing to talk about sometimes. And that people are sad, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and you know, you and I have had very deep conversations, everything from, you know, how it is to date at this time, this day and age and our, and our age as men uh, and, and, and cars and life. And, yeah. and, but I mean, you know, there's also certain amounts of time that as, as adults, it's a little bit difficult to say to anyone that you're sad. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And whether they're our age, older or younger, you know, the, 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 the range of humans that listen to the Think Bigger podcast is very diverse. Yeah. So whatever they are, wherever they are in life, at whatever age they are, what would you say to someone who's just like, I didn't want to say it. I was hoping they were going to say it and they finally said it. So like, I'm like, I don't know what I want to be or what I am or who I am. And I'm kind of, I'm kind of sad. Yeah. What do you say to that? When... I got in that when I got in that accident and that was around the same time that I was going through my situation with um with my with my kid's mom. Yes. So it was kind of like a double whammy for me. Yeah. And that's when I when I kind of took a step back um I got to a place where I was just kind of just living blindly and I just, you know, I didn't really want to deal with the pain. I didn't really want to, um, so you blocked it out. Yeah. You just floated through. Yeah. Because, you know, I was so busy with so many different things. So it was easy for me to kind of like, just not really deal with it or not really address it, you know, just keep my hands busy and it'll, it'll help me kind of distract myself. But then after like, after, you know, a few years of that, um, I started like just running into situations and I'm like, it's like, damn, like how did I get into this point? You know, and I started realizing that, yo, like I might, I might be sad or I might be depressed or I might still be, you know what I mean? Dealing with this situation. And it was hard for, it was hard for me to kind of really get a grasp of that until I kind of said, all right, let me start slowing. Let me start slowing down. Let me just 
Well, it started with you owning it, right? Yeah. Like, I need to own it. You yeah. can't deflect it even from yourself. Yeah, yeah. I'm sad. Yeah. Like, and I need to deal with this. Yeah, because, I mean, life will, life will reveal those things. Life will reveal those things to you regardless. You know what I mean? Regardless of what you do, regardless of how much you try to hide certain things. You know what I mean? Karma will come back on you. Um, so once I, once I got to that point where there was no running... Yes. Away from it. Yes. Um, that was when I had to really face. That's when I really had to face myself, and then and realize that yo, know, I'm really not happy with who I am or what I've, you know, what I've what I've kind of turned into or what I've kind of um, I've kind of drifted away from the things that that actually made me happy. Mm-hmm. So that's when I started, you know, really questioning myself. What you know, who do I really want to be? Um, what really makes me happy? Mm-hmm. You know, am I what is what I'm doing right now um, really gonna make me happy? Yeah, you know what I mean. And really, just that's what I mean by like meditation is really having that time to yourself. And and those those moments really would come at night. You know, the nights that you know you just go to lay. In, I would just lay in bed and just you know I wouldn't be tired, but I just. You know, my head would be running or, you know, I'll be in the shower. That's the only quiet yeah, time yeah, that, you know, yeah. um, that I would have. Or or right after um, I would put my son down at night, um, you know, everything, the house is just quiet after that. Yeah. And, you know, and I just, you know, I think back on just, you know, where I'm at, where, I, you know, who I am. And I just, you know, once you start asking yourself those questions and then really forcing yourself to really come up with an answer. Mm. Um, I think, you know, listening, actually listening to your podcast, um, and, and getting to know you, that's something that really pushed me to really find those answers because, um, I remember in one of your very early, um, one of your very early podcasts, you know, it, it was addressing, you know, people just living their lives and not really having any, any, any any like driver purpose mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. and i felt like that i felt like i was in that position where i didn't where i was just floating or i was kind of just drifting and not really staying focused on those goals that i had or 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 the or the aspirations that i wanted to do that that required a lot of energy required me to be at a certain level yeah. with myself and i wasn't really really keeping up with those things so once I had to really come up with those answers, because every time we talk, it, it's 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 that's one of the things that I I like about you the most is that you really force people to like come up with an answer. You know what I mean? It's kind of like I don't know is really not good enough. It's not an answer. It's not an answer. <laughs> you know, and um, when you know when I really started bringing that into myself, and I really started saying, you know what, like. I really got to come up with an answer or I really got to, you know, figure it out and stuff like that. So, um, you know, once I started doing that, like I said, once I started doing that, focusing on, you know, what makes me happy, am I happy, you know, all right, I'm not happy, why, what's what's causing it, you know, and really just start having a breakdown of all those different things and really coming up with a plan to really turn those things around and really, you know, yeah, come out of that. You know, that's a... That, I mean, you know, you and I have had many conversations over the phone and in person, but, um, you know, in this moment, mm-hmm. in this podcast context, I didn't know a lot of what 
you know, of what you just said, and or if I knew the story, I didn't know these details. And, you know, that's, that's kind of one of those things, you know, where you said the, the rhetorical question that I, that I ask or present in the podcast is, is one thing, mm-hmm. but it's you having to answer the question that is where the real change can come from. Mm-hmm. So you as an intelligent man who's gone through much more than even me in certain ways and, and people listening are like, wow, you know, that's, fa- that's fantastic and crazy to hear. But, but then they get to also hear the vulnerability of you mm-hmm. saying, I didn't know what I was doing either, and something like this podcast was a a, a, a point of push mm-hmm. to help you, and that's a beautiful thing. That's that's what it's all about, you know. Mm-hmm. And I mean, obviously, with you, I feel like we could have part two and three, and and why not, right? You know, given the way uh, certain circumstances are, you and I are gonna we're gonna end up being friends regardless, but we also have circumstances that allow us to be able to to have these types of conversations, even though we live across the country from each other, not just over the phone, but in person, sometimes up to, could be 10 times a year, Yeah. right? Given the the TE tour and something like that. So I look forward to that. And I mean, I'm sure there's gonna be another part, but um, we'll we'll, we'll just have to go into that at, at the next part because I want to give people the opportunity to be able to go see you and what you're about, right? Mm -hmm. So what would, uh, what are the best places uh, for uh, the listeners Mm -hmm. to go and see what it means to be unlimited? (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Just just go on, um, you can just go on Facebook, Unlimited Exclusive Media. Okay. Um, or you can just go on Instagram, Unlimited EXL. Yep, yep. And, you know, there it is. I'm there, you know. Okay, so you guys, um, for those of you listening on YouTube, I'll put it in the caption below, all of those uh, links and dot coms and, and social media um, outlets for him. Uh, for those uh, listening on, on other uh, platforms, go to my Instagram um, and in the caption, once again, I'll tag him. And what I do is I put a color-coded thumbnail for mm-hmm. each episode on my personal Instagram page. And all that really is is creating a comment section to be a forum in which we can continue the conversation. Mm-hmm. So if you have a question for him, uh, obviously, you know, you can DM, you can email, you can Facebook, uh, or you can ask it in a, in a more public setting on my Instagram post because, you know, you guys, for those of you that aren't necessarily shy to ask the question, other people are. For every one of you that isn't shy to just type out a question about, well, what happened here? or What makes you say that? Or I don't agree with this. Other people aren't, but they're listening. And when they watch, your comment and question to him or to me might be uh, the the extra push someone needs to get out of their own way and step out of their comfort zone and continue the conversation there. That's what it is. We're all a community and we have to help each other. It's not every man for himself. It's not doggy dog. I don't believe that. I believe that if we build each other up, how much stronger can we be? So community conversations, Think Bigger podcast. Jason Mosley, a.k.a. Unlimited Exclusive, (laughs) a.k.a. Be Unlimited, a.k.a. Unlimited EXL. You know, you guys, I appreciate you. Follow him. Check out his work. And uh, once again, we appreciate all of you listening. Uh, Jason, thank you for being here. Thank you. God bless you guys. Have a good one.